You're listening to Healing Voices Project, where we share stories and the latest information from people who fight addiction every day. I'm Mike Torville, your host and author of Voices from the Fallen. Thank you for listening, for following, and most of all, for sharing with people you care about. Make your voice count too. everybody. Thanks for joining us again here at Healing Voices Project. I'm Mike Torville, your host. And as you know, every week we have a different guest and uh, to share their stories, share inspirational experiences, talk about their programs. And today we have a little bit of both. Um, we have a guest. His name is Josh. We met. He's a new friend who we met through the Michael J. Diaz Foundation. And Josh, of course, has his own story, but he's also done a lot of work at the Michael J. Diaz Foundation as a um, lead resident. Um, and he's got lots of things to talk about with Michael J. Diaz, of course, our, our new friends there, but also Josh's own story uh, that led him to where he is now. And Josh, hey, man, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Um, and I know, Josh, you've, you've been through a lot. We've talked at length, um, and I know you, um, you've been sober now for over a year and a half, October 6th. 2021 is your sober date, correct? That's the day, yes, that's sir. That's great. That's yeah. that's wonderful. Hey, you're moving on two years now already. Getting there, yeah. God willing. Yeah. Yeah, and in the last year and a half or so has been quite different from the previous 15 years or so. Yes. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, better. A lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you you, I know you have a full time job, and that keeps you busy Monday through Friday, eight to four. Perfect. Yeah. Um. And you are a resident at Sean's Place, correct? Yeah. Which is a step up program. Um, yeah, it's or, the uh, the yeah. three quarter house. In okay. the Michael J. Dias Foundation. Yeah, and that's in Springfield, Mass. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about a little bit about Michael J. Diaz and what your you know uh, your experience there, and we'll get into your own story, like you know what what led you there. And I know it's a 15-year story, yeah. but <laughs> we can do it in, in, in our allotted time here. But uh, so what what happens at the Michael J. Diaz house? And tell us about Sean's place. So um, I initially, I went to Christian and Brian's house. I started off there. Yeah. Um, it's a 12-step fellowship house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they get you involved in the, um, the fellowship. They require you to uh, get a sponsor and... Uh, work your steps and attend meetings and you know I didn't know that's exactly what I needed you know to get me uh get me on the right path how did you uh get there you didn't just say hey raise your hand and say I want to go to yeah somebody got you there and how did that happen yeah so I was um this last go around I was sectioned at uh Stony Brook over in Ludlow Mm -hmm. and um you know, I attended my meetings there. I was there for 40-some-odd days. And, you know, towards the end, it came time to plan aftercare. And I had developed a good relationship with my uh, my counselor there. And okay. He had yeah. recommended Michael J. Dias Foundation. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's great. They've, they've really done some great work there. Yeah. And um, so, and this is always the thing that I think about, too, is y- you, you leave... Um, you were at uh, would you say Stony? Uh, what was the um, Stony Brook? Stony Brook stabilization that. and treatment. When you left there, um, a little anxiety, 
about oh, yeah. stepping into Michael's house and say, what's this all about? What I am was, I going to uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was terrified. It was my first time in a sober house. It's my first go around. Yeah. You didn't know what to expect. No. Um, was the anxiety well-founded or did you find that at some point you said, hey, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't what I thought? Or well, how did things change after day one? Yeah, it was that initial, you know, living with 20 guys you know, I've never met before, you know, all at different points in yeah. recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, the first few days were, were nerve-wracking. I kind of, you know, hid, kept a low profile. Um, did you second-guess yourself and say, what am I doing here? No, I don't think I did that. Okay. Right. I, I think right. I knew I needed to be there. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of the more senior guys, you know, started talking to me, getting me out of my out of my shell. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. got they got you out of your shell. Yeah. Um, so much so that you you remained there for a while, became a lead resident. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I became a lead resident within the first three months mm-hmm. being there. Um, yeah, I was there for a total of thirteen months, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and and now you're at, Sean, excuse me, Sean's place. Sean's place, yeah. Yeah, and how does that? What is the difference between Michael's house, Sean's place, and Christian O'Brien's house where you were? What? How does that work? So, um, Sean's place is, uh, you know, it's a three-quarter house. A um, lot less uh, restrictions, I would say. It's, okay. Um, guys who have had six months or more of sobriety, guys okay. who have completed their. Uh, their fifth step uh-huh. um and yeah it's a it's a smaller house seven guys okay. um uh whereas christian o'brien's house is larger we said with 20 guys yes yes yeah. okay so yeah a little more independence right at john's place um so that's been working out pretty well now yeah. and um but it's where you are now is really more important, but it is important to talk about the context of what got you there, what led you there, right? Because I think you're you're a young guy now, right? You got a lot of a lot of life left in you, and it's going to be better now, yeah. uh, that's for sure. But um, you were young; you were 14 or so when you started. I was uh, four, 14 when I had my first drink. Yeah, and and what what happened after that? So. Yeah, it started off, I mean, it was the first drink. I uh, I loved it. You know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do it as much as possible. Um, I was never much of a social drinker. I wanted to do it alone. Where'd you get it? So I, I guess, mean, a 14-year-old, you didn't walk into a store and buy it. No, it was, it was out yeah. of my parents' cabinet. Yeah, yeah and that's then it typical. Was, um, yeah, I did that too. You know, any <laughs> any friend yeah. willing to let me come over and explore their, their parents' house, for sure. Yeah. So you just found create ways to, to get it. And yeah. then what was it you were drinking back then? I mean Um, I think it was right off the rip it was vodka and it and it stayed that way for the better half of twelve years. Wow. The worst half of twelve years. Uh, so you got to, you, you went through high school. Um, how did that go? Did you did your drinking affect your relationships, your academics, anything like that? How did you get through high school while drinking like that? So in high school, I, uh, you know, I had suffered from anxiety mm-hmm. um, and depression mm-hmm. in high school. Um, so I mean that that affected my school more so. Um, I was really only an occasional weekend drinker, but you know I got through high school. I I passed yeah passed the classes I was interested in. <laughs> and, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I was involved in sports in high school. Okay, 
Yeah. So you got through that okay, but you yeah. still drank and on the weekends and you just kind of partied with friends or did you drink more alone? It was more alone. More alone. Yeah. Because that's different. I mean, a lot of high schoolers will drink at the, the you know, keg parties out in the woods kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And, um, but you drank more alone. You said you, you actually were going through some anxiety and depression and taking some medication for that. But at the time, you preferred to drink by yourself. Yes. Yeah. And how did that... What did that lead to? I mean, what changed when you got out of high school? Um, when I got out of high school, I uh, you know, I wanted to pursue a career in law enforcement. I mm-hmm. started going to um, HCC. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't know that college environment. I was at HCC during the week, and then I was at UMass, a weekend student at UMass. So, you know, the drinking, it, it already started to progress. Yeah. Um, I found uh, marijuana. Uh-huh. On other other substances in college, and you know, it it took off. It slowly started progressing. I would say is, and then did it end up affecting your schoolwork? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I decided that yeah, I can't become a police officer and you know live this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was one or the other, and I. What did you choose? I chose to take a semester off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll go back next next yeah, semester. Right, yeah. that's what you thought, but that doesn't work out often. No. Yeah, I know. A lot of us went through that. Um, and so you, you that semester off, you continued drinking. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't get better; it got worse. Right? No, I was um, I was working two yeah. jobs at the time. Okay, but um, yeah, I would drink every every chance I could. Yeah, yeah. Always under control? I thought so. Mm-hmm. I thought so. When did you realize it wasn't? Probably uh, when I turned 21 and I got the uh, the golden ticket there. You got the pass? The pass. Yeah. Yep. And then what happened? Uh, yeah, I became uh, almost a daily drinker at that point. Vodka still? Yes. Yeah. Well, what else did you do? Was that your primary activity? <laughs> I mean, is, I mean, did you do? You weren't going to school because you took a semester. Yeah, off. I you was were working. working. Yeah. Um, I was in a relationship at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, that uh, my substance use took a toll on that relationship, um, and you know, it got to a point where we, one of us, should have walked away, and eventually she did, and yeah. I took that hard. Um, you know, the progression, these little events in my life, you know, amplify the, the progression of this disease. Mm-hmm. And in your relationship with your family, did that change at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were always, you know, I had two loving, supporting parents. They were always, you know, very concerned. Um, I, when I got, I got caught when I was 14 stealing liquor from my parents and, you know, my dad sat me down and said, you, you need to uh, be careful. You might have a problem. And so at 14, he had me, he had me pinged. Wow. And what, how did this affect your relationship at 21, 22, as that went on? That that you didn't realize, you said you had a problem. Yeah. Were you, did it occur to you that this is getting out of control? I think it did, Hmm. um, subconsciously, but Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to keep going as long as I, as long as I could. Anything um, change? Did you did did you any of event or something that made you say, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. So, um, 
one night my parents had uh, confronted me about you know my alcohol use. You were living at home. I was living at home. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we had gotten to a verbal altercation that turned into a physical altercation. Um, my mom, being scared, she called the police, and you know Wilbraham PD showed up and. Off you went. Yeah, off I went for uh, domestic. Where'd you go? Um, I went to Wilbraham Police Department. Um, you know, I was released that night, but okay. I was given given a court date. Mm -hmm. um, you know, show up at court and sit in front of the judge, or actually I meet with a lawyer beforehand, and, um, you know, they give me a deal. They say, you know, you can go to an IOP, and you can attend AA meetings, and basically this will all go away. And so I, I chose that, the easier... <laughs> Good choice, but yeah, yeah okay. easier option. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't going to, I wasn't yeah. going to win that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so you said, yeah, all right, all right. Now, did you go willingly, or did you go because... It was just the choice that you say, I'll, I'll BS my way through this. I was going to BS my way through it. Hmm. Get that off my record, and once it's over, go back to what I was doing. I had it all, you all, had it planned, all planned out. Because you, it <laughs> <laughs> yep. seemed so easy back then, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And how did that all turn out? <laughs> so yeah, I, I uh, you know got my way through the IOP. That was my first introduction to AA. Yeah. Um, I got there and said, you know, maybe I do. That's when a little light bulb started to flicker. Maybe I do belong here. Um, but I got time. I got. I can. You're young. Yeah. I can get through this. I, I can just get. Yeah. Enjoy now, right? Yeah. But you probably didn't realize the destructive nature of all that, mm -hmm. and really the long term uh, the, uh, on your family relationships, your personal relationship with the girlfriend, the other friends, and other things. Um, so you're starting to get that little spark of maybe there's something wrong, but you sort of dismissed it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it later. <laughs> Just so much, so easily said from a young person's point of view, right? Yeah. 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 Nothing will affect me. Um, but then, okay, so things went on and you, you got through that and then, but you went back to drinking. Yeah. So pretty yeah. heavily. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I wasn't, I didn't have any goals. You know, I was still living at home. I didn't, I wasn't living, you know, I was existing, mm -hmm. you know, basically to, to drink. Yeah. That was your main priority. Yeah. Living at home, your father, your mother saw this was happening. Yeah. Um, they didn't just go along with it. They must've been concerned and. Yeah, they were uh, very concerned. They, yeah. you know, countless times tried to get me, uh get me help that I that I did need um, but you weren't taking that help no um, I think they bounced back and forth oh maybe it's just a phase you know maybe he'll grow out of it yeah but you didn't no <laughs> <laughs> until how what what changed something had to have altered your course there yeah so it was um basically that for another another year and a half um you know, just existing um, until my father uh, passed away in 2018. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That just in two, and you were how old were you then? 2018. I was 20. I was 23. You were 23. The young guy. Your father was young too. Yeah. He was 51. 51 yeah. years yeah. old. Um, and that's pretty traumatic. Yeah. Um, um, 
you know, he had passed away on a, uh, or he had collapsed on a walk on Easter morning. And, oh, yeah. you know, for me, I, I was, I was supposed to be on that walk, I guess. Um, so I took that, I took that especially hard. You know, I had this God complex where if I was there, it would have been different, you know, that type of thing. Right. But, it's a natural. Yeah. It's, it's, was your mom there? My mom was there. Yes. Um, so now you had some other things to deal with, with your dad, your mom, and um, through that event, I think your, your brother um, came home, right? Yes. And then he went back, he was in the service? Correct, yeah. And then uh, you were with your mom, just you and your mom, trying to cope with all this. Yeah. And of course, you're trying to help console each other, but still, you continued with the drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't say console each other so much. I really, I wasn't there. You know, I, I was there, I was there for the funeral and for the services. And then, you know, I told myself I would hold it together. You know, I had to be the, the man of the family now. And that didn't come to fruition. Um, you know, I, self-isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I took time off of work, so I wasn't working at the time. So it was just, uh, you know, the bottle, 24-7. Just drowning in the bottle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and your mom, through all this, um, was dealing with you being in isolation, drinking. Her husband had just passed away. Um, she, she needed some support. Both of you did, but, yeah. but at the same time, um, this how, how long could this go on before something changed? And what did change? Yeah, so uh, we we couldn't live with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it wasn't healthy. Uh, she had kicked me out uh, numerous times and taken me back. You know, I would I would stay with whoever would let me stay with them. Um, hotels when I couldn't stay with someone. You know, I've stayed in my truck a couple nights. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just wasn't wherever. A, yeah. yeah, wherever. Yeah. And um, you know, I had no no real desire to stop at that point you know I knew I was an alcoholic um I didn't want to I didn't want to kill myself but I had accepted that this was probably going to be the way I was going to go and you just kind of accepted that yeah Yeah. and just said all right this is it this is it I'll just drink myself to death is that pretty much it pretty much it's tough on your mom yeah um so you were just kind of resigned to the fact that this is just going to be your own demise. and But here you are. Mm. So <laughs> something, again, has shifted. Was there another uh, a current event or something that happened? that? Uh... Yeah, so um, you know, a few months after my father had passed, I was sectioned for the first time. I went to Matsy. Matsy is? Uh... Um, it's, on the, it's in Brockton. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, a treatment center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I did the spin rinse. You know, I had no, I, I, it wasn't my choice to be there. So I did what I had to do to get out. Same thing. You're just going to get yeah. through this and get back to your drinking. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Same old story, right? right. Um, so you went through the motions of that and came home again? Yeah. Yeah. Came home, you know said things would be different and they weren't and it was you know 
in and out of, of different detoxes, you know, in and out of different hotel rooms, friends' houses, um, until um, I started talking to this girl in 2019, and I ended up moving in with her right when uh, COVID started. Oh, boy, good timing, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we developed a relationship. We started dating. Um, we're still together to this day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, great. Yep. And yep. I wish I could say I got sober then, you know, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Did uh, should she, you were drinking then, obviously. Yes. Did she drink with you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on occasion. You know, she didn't, she didn't know what she was getting into. And I didn't, you know, no one gave her that warning. <laughs> yeah. You were going to say, by the way. Yeah, by yeah. the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so you went through this during COVID, especially you're isolated. You're, yeah. that's, you know, we, we know what happens with that. But Yeah, I was out of work again yeah. at that point. Yeah. I had gone back to work and then, mm -hmm. you know, kept taking time off. And Yeah. Um, and then you, you kept going and diving deeper into it. Yes. Um, COVID isolation didn't help much, but no. you were diving deeper and deeper and deeper. Your relationship kept going fine, or did uh, did that get affected by your drinking? It was it was definitely affected. Yeah. You know, we uh, we fought a lot. We argued a lot in mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, her father and I had our disagreements, and you know I was getting kicked out of that house now. Mm. And yeah, it was a, a vicious, a vicious cycle, you know, but she, you must've thought what's wrong with everybody that they keep kicking me out. Right. Yeah. It's all their problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so you, you were, this relationship's being affected. You're kicked out. You're on your own again. Now you're going to find another place here, there, your car, friends, hotel, wherever. Yeah. All right. But still you kept on drinking. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the light bulb didn't go off yet. No. Um, yeah, I had been drinking for about a year, a year straight, yeah, at least. And um, we were living at a friend's house at the time. And yeah, I decided I would quit cold turkey. And what made you decide that out of the blue? Um, yeah, like I, I couldn't, you know, it was, I, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I felt like I felt my body shutting down. You know, I wanted, I wanted to change. You know, okay. At this point, you know, I wanted to to make a change. You no longer felt resigned to, to say that, oh, I'm just going to die from this and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I had, you know, something more to live for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you said your body was just shutting down and you said something's wrong here. Yeah. Something was wrong. So you made that decision on your own. Yes. What did you do about it? Um, yeah, I ended up uh, going into severe DTs, severe hallucinations um vivid hallucinations and i i ended up hurting myself i ended up uh in critical condition at hartford hospital yeah i remember you telling me about that and you had stabbed yourself yes and you ended up in critical condition at hartford hospital you're laying there um you um what so happened I, yeah you know i remember you know basically bleeding out not to get graphic on that table and you know, begging the nurses, begging a God that I didn't believe in at the time, you know, to save me. You know, I, pr I promise I'll change. Please, you know, mm -hmm. save me. And, you know, that's where, yeah, I, I don't think I should have made it. You know, something something bigger than me saved me that day, I believe. And when, did they, 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 you have surgery or did 
It was no, it was you know I don't remember too much of it, Mike. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was just stitching. You know, I had uh, stabbed myself in the neck and in the back. I thought someone was chasing me, and they had uh, that was due to your hallucination. All hallucination, but it was it was real to me, and someone was chasing me, and they got me into a a bear hold, and you know I tried fighting them, and I was just fighting myself. Thinking you were stabbing them, you were stabbing yourself. Correct. Who found you? A uh, police officer showed up. Um, yeah, I was running through the neighborhood. Um, so someone, you know, called the police, and this officer showed up, you know, as almost right after I had done what I'd done. Um, so he got me into his cruiser yeah. and, you know, took care of me until an ambulance arrived. And, yeah, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Absolutely. Wow. So you're in critical condition. You were in the hospital for a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, I was in there for, uh, I think, three days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I finally came to, um, you know, they said I could go to the bathroom by myself now, all this. And I was like, can I leave? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah I guess we, we can't keep you. Right. And, you know, I wasn't insured at the time. You know, I was thinking the dollar signs were rolling in my head about the, the medical bill. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to get out of there. And, you know, I probably should have stayed. I probably should have been in there a week, you know. Because did the hallucinations continue? Or did the withdrawals affect you? Um, I was still in withdrawals, yeah. for sure. But um, there was no hallucinations, you okay. know. They had... That's pretty dangerous. I mean, given what happened, you'd... Yeah. 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 So you went through the withdrawal. You went When you left there, did you go home to your girlfriend? No. So I went to, uh, I went to my mom. Yeah. And... You know, we had talked, and I needed further treatment. Um, we both agreed on that. And so right away I went to uh, the Hope Center mm -hmm. in Springfield. Yeah. And from the Hope Center? Um, you know, I went in there with all the right intentions, the yeah. mindset that yeah. I can't drink anymore yeah. and something has to change. Um, excuse me. There was a COVID outbreak in the Hope Center. Oh. About... 14 or 15 days into my stay there. Yeah. And, you know, they say your disease is out there doing push-ups in the parking lot. It was, you know, it was waiting for me. Yeah. I, I got out of there and, you know, I, I went out with, I, I can't drink, I can't do drugs, I can't do any of that. But, you know, the PTSD from the incident, the anxiety from the incident was so bad I couldn't sleep. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to use edibles. Um. To, you know, help to, me fall asleep. Okay, yeah. And how did that go? Um, within a couple of days, it was a pint, then it was a bottle, then it was a handle, and it was right back to it. Oh, wow. And you just continued that for a few months. Didn't yeah, you? that yeah. went on for a few more months. Yeah. And, you know, I was broken down. I was sitting in my car. I had got kicked out of the girlfriend's house again. Um. I had no money for a hotel. I was at that point of desperation. I knew I didn't, I didn't want to die. I, I needed, I needed help. So you're sitting in your car by yourself, nowhere to go, no money, nothing. And honestly, the relationship with your mom, with your girlfriend, everything is falling apart around you. Yeah. You say, all right, now, now I have, I'm completely dead ended here. Yeah. And that's when you said, all right, now I got to. What then? 
Um, I had called my mom and told her that I needed to be uh, I needed to be sectioned, and so you know I went home to her that night, stayed mm -hmm. the night, mm -hmm. and the following day was uh, sectioned to Stony Brook. Hard call to make, huh? Yeah, but you did it. Yeah, um, and uh, you know there was a relief in her voice that you know I was kind of I was making that call. Oh, I bet, yeah. Because um, our, our relationship at that point was almost non-existent. But for her to even get the call, for you to make the call, she must have been incredibly uh, relieved. You went and you, you were sectioned. Yeah. Um, and then when you came out, that's where you went to the Michael J. Diaz? Yeah. Uh, your date, October 6th, 2021. When did, was it that night when you were alone in your car? Is that... That was the last night. That I was drank. the last night you drank. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. That's that's after all what you've gone through. Um, so now you're Michael J. Diaz. Your life starts to change. <laughs> um, you make new, call them new friends, new Absolutely. support around you, and I've gotten to know the people there: um, Adam, Karen, John, among many others. Marvin and and they're great people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I enjoy talking to them. They're just wonderful. Um, so you're you're at Christian and Brian's house with twenty guys. As we talked earlier, a little anxious, like oh, oh boy, what's, yeah. what do I expect? But you got through. You just started going through. In fact, then you became a lead resident, yeah. and and then at the the next step, Sean's house, where you are now. Um, you're working. Yep. Full time. Full time. Relationship with your mom. How's that going? Uh, yeah, I consider my best friend one of my best friends. Um, we just went on vacation. We just went to Texas for a week. You um, and your mom. Yeah. The other Wonderful. One. Yeah. Yep. And your uh, your relationship, your girlfriend. Great. Your relationship's great. Your relationship with your mom. She's consider her your best friend. Yeah. You're working full time. Uh, would you trade that now for what you had before? No. <laughs> not, of course not, no. Um, but you, you look back and you got to say, wow, all that you've gone through, and it, at certain points you had resigned yourself to say, I'm I'm done. Yeah. But you kept going and kept going and kept going. So I give you an immense amount of credit because those phone calls weren't easy. The recognition that you said, I can't do this anymore. And the times you fell back but kept coming back. Um the people you meet with, and I know you speak a lot. You you, you talk at the Hope Center or, or AA meetings, and they talk about your story. I just just recently started speaking. Well, that's good though. Here you are again yeah, doing it. See, right. that's great because I think you have a really um, a good relatable story that people can say, "Wow!" And if, I'd say, if, if if Josh overcame that, then 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 maybe I can too. You know, because it it, it certainly. It affects relationships, and sometimes you think, "Oh, my life is over. This relationship's never going to be repaired." Um, but they can be, and and you're a great example of that. You know. Um, well, I I know what you're doing right now is 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 wonderful stuff. You're like I said earlier, you're a young guy, and you got lots left in you, and I think you're going to continue to be a good inspiration to to many many people. Um, including the, the the friends you've made at, at Michael J Diaz and the Hope Center, um, and like you said, you're you're just beginning. You're just recently speaking at groups now. But how do you feel about doing that? You know, it's uh, 
it's nerve wracking. Is it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've uh, got the social anxiety. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's if I can help one person in that room, if I could reach one person, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. I think you'll be doing that. And I, I would hope you continue with that because I think that you will absolutely do that. I think you got good good energy about you and you're going to be helping a lot more people. And again, something that uh, 10 years ago, five years ago, you wouldn't see two years this. Ago, yeah. Two years Yeah, you wouldn't see yourself doing this whatsoever. But look, that transformation is wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Well, Josh, man, thanks for coming. Mike, thanks I for having appreciate me. appreciate it. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I, I know, you know, despite the that little anxiety, but yeah, <laughs> no problem at all. Um, and Josh, thanks. And also thanks again to the people at Michael J. Diaz. They've been really great uh, supporters and um, wonderful people there. And by the way, it's the uh, mdiazfoundation.org, right? People want to know right. more about it. Right? Yes. Um, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks.